0: This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 23, Why I Keep the Sabbath. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Exodus chapter 20, verses eight through 11, New King James Version. psalms to god podcast this is your host re and today we are talking about the sabbath i know i've been kind of teasing this episode throughout the season um i keep mentioning that sunday is not the sabbath and i keep you know kind of putting it out there and saying we'll get to it we'll get to it and then not getting to it um (laughs) thank you guys for being patient with me it's a very big episode it's a very big topic um it's I guess kind of near and dear to my heart um, because it was definitely a huge transformation and change to go from being a uh, first day worshiper to being a sabbath keeper and um, I just wanted to make sure that I got the episode right I'm still not sure I'm gonna get it right but um, I feel at least confident enough to give it a shot. So. As i said this is a big topic um and so i don't think i'll be able to fit everything into today's episode i do know that i'm going to break it into at least two episodes Um, one is going to be on why i keep the sabbath why i started keeping it why i think it's important and then the second episode being on how i keep the sabbath and what that looks like and how i went from being um, a sunday keeper to a sabbath keeper um i'm not sure that those will stick to you know one episode each for each topic because i don't know how much um how long it's going to take me to get through all of the things that i have outlined in my notes but hopefully it will be just two episodes um and so yeah that's what we're gonna go for um i will say up front that this will probably be a bible intensive episode um, because i don't want to just give you guys my opinion i want to reference verses and i've actually tried to go out and you know find the verses in advance so that i can mention them in the episode as you're listening so that you can read along if you are in a position to do so Um, regardless as always i will have the bible verses in the show notes on the website so that you can go back and research it for yourself I am a 100% advocate for researching everything you hear. Do not take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. Definitely look at the resources, um, hunt them down, read a couple of different Bible translations because there are some extremely faulty translations out there. Some are just kind of, you know, editor's choice or whatever, but some of them are purposefully misleading. So read a couple of different translations, um, you know, the whole nine yards, just to make sure you understand it and you see um, what I'm talking about. And, you know, of course, as always, pray and let the Holy Spirit guide you. Don't just take my word for it. So let's jump into the Sabbath. So most people know that Sunday is the first day of the week. And that Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Now I have heard a couple of people reference Sunday as the Sabbath and use the Sabbath to try to describe Sunday however that is a very rare thing Um, most people do understand that Sunday and Sabbath are different things though I have noticed particularly amongst people who are not Christian or who are uh, culturally Christian or um you know kind of in and out of the church that's typically where i see this the most where they'll reference sunday as the sabbath and they think sunday and sabbath are you know interchangeable words um and then of course i've also seen uh, quite a few um lds sites that's the church of the latter-day saints or mormons um referring to sunday as the sabbath but sunday is not the sabbath guys um sunday is the first day of the week saturday is the seventh day of the week you can go and look pretty much i don't think i have seen a single person debate this whether they are um, bible scholars whether they are pastors whether they are secular scholars everybody agrees that saturday is the seventh day of the week you can even go into different languages and check it out Um, for instance you can look at spanish Um, sabato is the day for uh, Saturday, Sabota um, or something like that, I think is Russian for Saturday, Shabbat in Hebrew, Sapt um, in uh, Arabic, there are plenty of languages, and I'm talking about old languages at that too, that reference the, the number seven or Sabbath within the word for the seventh day of the week which corresponds to what we call Saturday so that's the first thing that I want to say Um, the importance of the Sabbath is something that you know I of course as I said there was a time where I didn't think it was that important and I didn't really pay any attention but it is the fourth commandment so the fourth commandment is given in Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 off the bat, there are four verses about the Sabbath. Every other, you know, thing, it's just thou shalt not kill, right? Super simple. Thou should have no other gods before me. Super simple, straight to the point. The verses about the Sabbath are possibly the longest section in the Ten Commandments. God is just like, yo, I want to make sure y'all understand this. Do not work on the Sabbath. Don't let anybody else work on the Sabbath. This is why you should be keeping the Sabbath. There is a lot of information packed into these verses. And we're going to go through some of this information um, as we go in. But one of the first things that I want to point out um, is that the verse about the Sabbath takes us back to creation. And it's really important, especially when you couple it with the fact that it starts off with remember. It's telling you to remember. What are you remembering? It's It goes into remembering the Sabbath, but it's a lot deeper than that from a spiritual aspect and from a symbolic aspect. Because as you get into verse 11, it says, for in six days, The Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it, and then he rested on the seventh day. He blessed and hallowed the seventh day, the Sabbath day. And that is a reference to Genesis chapter two, verses two and three. So before the fall of man, before anything went wrong, God rested on the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The Sabbath has been a holy day since the beginning. It was not a reaction to sin that is just God's kingdom in its perfect state and it's interesting because there are actually three things that God did before the fall most people that I've heard talk about this talk about the two things but I want to add this third thing because I think it's also important it's also something that we see mankind heavily struggling with Um, so in the very beginning before sin entered the world God instituted the Sabbath the seventh day rest He instituted marriage. He married Adam and Eve in the garden, and he told them what to eat. Um, he, He outlined what was good and what was bad to eat. And I think this is important because in today's society, these are things we struggle with heavily, and we see the ramifications of it. We're eating poorly, we're not taking care of our bodies, and we have diseases as a effect of that we have obesity problems um and these are ransacking the population particularly um compounded with the way our society is structured it is heavily affecting those in poverty more than it affects those who have money and access to better food Um, then you have marriage i mean there's a lot to be said about marriage we could do a whole episode on that but um you know, you know the divorce rates are high. We have a lot of people growing up in single parent homes and that has all kinds of ramifications on the child and their upbringing and their, finance, and their finances, which goes back to what I said about poverty and eating properly. And then of course, America is one of the countries that quote unquote, works the hardest. Um, and by that, I mean, we don't take breaks, we don't take rest, um, we try to cram everything in we work long hours for no reason whatsoever where we are consistently workaholics we're not taking the seventh day rest and it is affecting our mental health um it is not good to work like that you should be resting um nobody i don't think anybody wants to work seven days a week constantly so um These are just fundamental things, they're not reactions to sin, they're things that God told us from the get. This is what you need to do to stay in a state of peace and in a you know the state of heaven, the state of Eden. Um, And so, it's very important that you remember the Sabbath because the Sabbath points us back to that state, that creation, the kingdom, and the way it was in the beginning when it was perfect. The Sabbath existed so. Before we go into more um, about the details of what he's given, I want to jump forward into what Christ said about the Sabbath, because I feel like um, the most pushback I get is people thinking that Christ got rid of the Sabbath and that the Sabbath was done away with or something in the New Testament. Um, and it, it, to me, like the whole concept is interesting because I think. Number one, I think people don't understand what the Sabbath was about. Um, It was supposed to be a day of rest, a day of fellowship, a day of worship. And it seems interesting of all things to get rid of that that's what you would get rid of. Like, I mean, sure, let's get rid of, you know, things that are very difficult, but this sounds like an enjoyable thing. Like, why would we be getting rid of things that are enjoyable? Um, But that's not actually what happened. So first and foremost, I think the most important thing to say is to set context. Um, I've written out a couple of passages where Christ deals with the Sabbath in the Gospels. Um, some of them are often brought up, some of them are never brought up, but they, there needs to be context when you go through each of these, because I think you should look at all of them when you're talking about the Sabbath, and I think you should understand Jewish society at the time, which is not so, so different from Jewish society today. Um, the Jews and specifically the Pharisees were legalistic. They were, they did not understand the law. This is why, um, in the new Testament, Paul talks about the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. And that's in Romans chapter seven, verse six. There is, uh, for instance, let's take the U.S., right? You can tell somebody that, you know, you have to be inclusive. You have to let everybody into your store. You have to treat people fairly or something like that. And the letter of the law is about an action. But the spirit of the law is about how you actually perceive people, how you actually treat people. Um, And this is one of the things that Christ points out when he talks about the greatest commandments being love God and love your neighbor. He's really summarizing the Ten Commandments, but he's speaking to the spirit of that law. The spirit of all of these things is that you're supposed to love your neighbor. And I went into this when I talked about the Ten Commandments last week, and I talked about the spiritual ramifications, I talked about things like well you know you don't have to go out and kill somebody to be a murderer you could kill their spirit you could kill their soul and that has a lot to do with what i'm talking about today about the spirit of the law and so the spirit of the sabbath was about resting was about remembering god as the creator was about remembering how he wanted his his world to be um kind of a going back to eden type of thing and the pharisees had turned it into laws just laws don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that Um, and that's what they they had a tendency to do that to everything so the pharisees had instituted certain things like how far you could walk um, what you could lift how much you could lift where you could carry something to Um, and in today's society if you talk to i think it's the orthodox jews Um, or the Hasidic Jews, they still have rules like this. Um, I see them in my own community. Um, They don't drive on the Sabbath and they, you know, they, they won't, you know, there's things about flipping switches. Um, If you look, they have like Sabbath stoves that has something to do with how it works on the Sabbath and all kinds of things. There are like all of these rules that they came up with that have nothing nothing to do with what God said it's really about their interpretation and drawing basically drawing lines in the sand like we're afraid to cross this line and so you know we're gonna draw lines before that line to make sure that you don't you know break the Sabbath and that is essentially the world that Christ was growing up in so remember When you read the passages in the Gospels about Christ and what he's saying about the Sabbath, what he's doing on the Sabbath, I want you to remember that Christ did not break the Sabbath. He couldn't break the Sabbath. If Christ had broken the Sabbath, he would have broken one of the Ten Commandments. And in breaking one of the Ten Commandments, he would no longer be perfect. He would no longer be sinless and he would not be a perfect sacrifice and then he could not die for our sins and then we would not be having this conversation because it would null and void the entire new testament and we would still be under the law so with that being said let's look at some of these verses the most common example that is given to me is matthew 12 this is when jesus and the disciples are picking grain Um, I don't want to go too far into these because I think they will all come up again in the next episode when I talk about how I keep the Sabbath um, because it has a lot to do again like I said with refuting the man-made rules that the Pharisees came up with but I do want to touch on them here so that we can see Christ's stance on the Sabbath so um, he was okay with picking grain I will point out that he was picking food for them to eat then not picking like bushels of food for them to go sell again we're talking about the difference between work and doing something you know that's a necessity right you have to eat he never god never said stop eating or you have to fast on the sabbath um he said don't work so they're not out you know fishing and and harvesting you know loads and loads of, of food that they're planning to sell at the market the next day they are simply getting enough food to eat their fill for the moment um and that's kind of what christ references when he talks about you know david eating the showbread out of the, the the temple that he was not supposed to eat i think it was david that ate it i'll have to double check that but he talks about somebody going into the temple and eating the priest's bread because he was hungry and he's like yeah that's like if you have to eat you have to eat so the next verse that people um often give is in mark chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 this is when jesus heals on the sabbath and he says that it is lawful to do good again like i said the whole point of the sabbath is for it to be a, a day of holiness a day of worship and christ is healing in the name of god he this is something that is good this is something that is holy um it speaks to the essence of God's creation and that's why he's saying it's fine we can do this right um and then a another example that is similar is in Luke chapter 13 where he frees a woman from bondage again the same as healing on the Sabbath where he's really just doing something that points back to God's perfect kingdom and gives glory to God now There are also other verses that mention Christ in the Sabbath that people are not so quick to point out. One is in Matthew chapter 24, verse 20. This is when Christ is giving a warning about the end times and he tells them, he tells the people to pray that the hour of destruction does not come upon them on the Sabbath, which means he anticipates them to be keeping the Sabbath after his death and resurrection because. He's telling them to pray that whatever happens doesn't happen on the Sabbath, right? Then um, there is another verse in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 where it talks about that it was his custom to teach the word in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Again, just like Paul, it was his custom to teach on the Sabbath. They were using the Sabbath to edify the body about the word of God. This was their custom so they were still keeping the Sabbath Um, and then another thing that I want to point out um, the best example I think that you can see of this this is throughout the Gospels I think this is repeated throughout the Gospels Um, but uh, you can look at Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 7 and you will see that Christ is risen on the first day which is interesting because people bring this up this is why a lot of people think they worship on the, the first day we'll get to that but Um, Christ could I mean Christ is all powerful right do you really think that it was difficult for him like I mean do you think he was like battling death for the three days and that's why he didn't come back until three days later I mean yes it was prophesied that it would be three days but why three days right it's interesting because the Sabbath was the day before the first day. And so he stayed in the grave on the Sabbath. It's almost as though he was resting on the Sabbath. And then once he finished the Sabbath, once he finished resting, he was like, okay, now I'm going to break free and I'm going to come back. So, you know, that, again, that's an interpretation. It does not say that that's why he stayed in the grave on the Sabbath. But I wanted to pay, point that out, that he does stay in the grave on the sabbath so as i said um i mentioned some in when we went through the book of acts of how um, like i said people try to say that the early disciples were keeping sunday but there are verses where they're meeting on saturday on the sabbath there are verses where they're meeting on the first day there are verses where it says they met every single day Um, you can't use those verses to say that they were not keeping the sabbath And it's interesting because the Sabbath was such an integral part, we do get them discussing things like circumcision, right? But there is nowhere where they're like, oh, well, we don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. Like there's no verse that ever says that. So let's talk about prophecy and how the Sabbath actually started looking like a Sunday instead of God's Sabbath. I want to take you to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. In this verse, um, we're talking about the Antichrist. This is, again, prophecy. End times. Mind you, I told you, Christ himself said to hope that, you know, this, nothing happens on the Sabbath day. So Daniel's talking about the end times and this ant- Antichrist. And he says that this person is going to think to change times and law interestingly the sabbath is the only commandment that god gives us that is both a time the sabbath day and a law that we are supposed to remember it and keep it holy and do no work now other prophetic things that start linking this concept um, if you go into first timothy chapter four verses one through three timothy starts talking about these doctrines of devils and some of the doctrines that he lists are forbidding to marry and abstaining from meats. And the reason I bring this in because it has that really has nothing to do with the Sabbath, but the same entity that changed the Sabbath also forbids their priests from marrying and tells their parishioners not to have meat on Fridays during Lent. So <laughs> um, on my, website i will link a document where they admit to changing the sabbath but the catholic church is the orchestrator of this grand deception that we should be worshiping on sunday okay they as i've been going through the history of the church have been telling you about how rome brought in all this paganism sun worship sunday was the venerable day of the sun and it entered by way of Rome and by way of the Roman Catholic Church. And so we talked about um, the Council of Laodicea and how they said that we should not Judaize by keeping the Sabbath. Again, this was about Rome um, trying to separate Christians and Jews, and trying and you know they hated the Jews, and they were trying to absorb the Christians into them and make them more platable to what Rome wanted them to be. And they were also trying to keep. The, uh, the people who worshipped Mithras happy and they started declaring Sunday as a day of worship and the Roman Catholic Church had a habit of quote-unquote Christianizing pagan traditions, pagan statues, pagan holidays. The Bible does not give us permission to do that. It says, do not learn the ways of the pagans, do not do what they do. Um, but for some reason, the catholic church thinks that they can do whatever they want to and in that document you will actually see um, them state that they have the authority to change things and and it's it's very um also in daniel it talks about um, this Antichrist power speaking blasphemous words great and pompous words against the most high that is what the office of the papacy does it claims to have power that it doesn't have like the ability to forgive sins and the, the fact that they think that they're infallible and, and that they can um, transfer holiness and things like that. Man cannot do that. Only God can do that. And the Pope is a man. Okay. So I'll have that document linked on my website um, on the, for the show notes. And it talks about how the Catholic Church, quote unquote, transferred the solemnity or the holiness of Sabbath to Sunday quote-unquote, because the Lord rose on Sunday, and this is where people started calling it the Lord's Day. Now, the phrase the Lord's Day is written throughout the Bible, but it is in reference to the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. That is the Lord's Day. That is the day that the Lord created. That is the day that he hallowed and that he put his mark on. The Lord's Day is not Sunday, even though the Catholic Church has been telling people that and has been feeding people that lie since, you know, like 300-ish AD, that is not true. Now, what's interesting, um, and I guess this is really where I started becoming more interested um, in Sabbath keeping and the whys of why it was important, is that it has, like I said, it keeps appearing in prophecy. Right, you have, um, if you go into Revelation chapter 14, verses six through 13, it says, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he himself shall drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints." Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works, follow them. Now, if you caught, I tried to put a little bit of emphasis on certain parts, but in verse 7, when the first angel is talking, he references worshiping Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Again, this is the same language that is mentioned in Exodus eight, uh, Exodus eight, Exodus twenty, verses eight through eleven. When it talks about the Sabbath, it talks about keeping the Sabbath because the Lord God created heaven and earth and the sea and the and everything in it, right? So this is also a reference back to that particular verse. And then we see that those who follow the beast have no rest. They have no rest. And those who follow God keep his commandments and they're the ones who have rest. And the Sabbath is all about rest, right? It's very interesting. Um, But they <laughs> when you look at this, it it like the first time I saw this, it really blew my mind because when we go back into this, it starts talking about the mark of the beast. that's that's essentially what this angel the angel's message is about. It's a warning about taking the mark. And as I said, there are all these things that go back to rest and back to the Sabbath. But when you start looking at the word mark or the word seal and you start, researching seals in the Bible and seals in general you end up right back at the Sabbath so there is a seal of God and there is the mark of the beast Um, and a seal usually um, contains a certain amount of information right and we do this even today with signatures so a seal is basically the name of the person their title And their territory it's it's basically telling you what their you know what their authority is so for instance um, you have Donald Trump who is unfortunately the president of the United States of America so if you had a seal or a signature from him it would say Donald Trump president of the United States of America Donald Trump being his name president being his title United States of America being his territory similarly if I were to sign something for my job or for a, you know, like a formal document, I would sign my name, I would sign that I'm an embedded systems engineer, and I would sign the company that I work for. That would be my name, my title, and my territory. right? We still do this to this day. If you go back and you look at the Sabbath commandment, it tells you that it, it says the Lord, creator of heaven and earth, right and so his territory is the universe heaven and earth he his title is creator and his name lord yahweh right his seal is literally embedded within this commandment and i'm gonna give you some verses to read and we're gonna read through a few of them i don't think we're gonna get through all of them um but i definitely want you to look at these and compare the language of these verses so we have exodus chapter 13 verse 9 exodus chapter 31 verses 12 through 18 deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 8 deuteronomy chapter 11 verses 13 through 18 revelation 7 verse 3 revelation 9 verse 4 revelation 13 verses 16 through 18 Um, revelation 14 verses 1 and 9 and revelation 17 verse 5 and then revelation 20 verse 4. now let's look at a couple of them Um, there is a bit of overlap so i'm not going to go through all of them i just want to show you this pattern Um, and this is really like i said what like kind of shook me into thinking like oh wow there's actually something hear about keeping the sabbath there's something important so um exodus chapter 13 verse 9 says it shall be a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the lord's law may be in your mouth for with a strong hand the lord has brought you out of egypt Um, and um, I did not mention this but if you go into Deuteronomy there is a summary some summarization summarization of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5 I think it's chapter 5 um, and in that list of the Ten Commandments God says that the reason that the Israelites should keep the Sabbath is because he is the Lord God who brought them out of bondage from Egypt um, which is interesting because again you have one verse reminding you that he is the creator and another verse reminding you that he is the Savior that brings you from bondage but once again here in Exodus um, that is a reference to how it is referenced in Deuteronomy is a sign between your hand it's a sign on your hand and between your eyes Um, I guess I should insert here for those who are not familiar with symbolism within the Bible Um, When we talk about things being a sign on the hands and the eyes, again, uh, the Pharisees took this literally and I think even in modern times you will see Jews who wrap this thing around their hands and around their foreheads, like a little box that has, I think it has the Shema written on it or it may have the Ten Commandments in it, I'm not sure, but they take it as like literally binding something there, but these are symbolic things, your hands are symbolic of your actions, what you do the brain the forehead that is symbolic of your mind what you think okay when it talks about taking a mark on your you know in your forehead and in your hands it's talking about your thoughts and your actions and that's what christ and that's what god is saying here in exodus that the israelites were to um, keep the law in their minds and in their actions as a sign between them and god it showed who they belong to and that is what we refer to as the seal of God and this similar language is found in Deuteronomy um so if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 um I'm not going to read the whole thing you should read from verse 1 all the way to verse 8 but it talks about the statutes and the commandments and then it says you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes now this should sound very familiar to you because then if we jump into Revelation and we start reading some of the verses from there, um, if you go to uh, Revelation, I think, Revelation 9 um, verse, nope, not going there yet. We're going to come back to Revelation 9 and Revelation 7. Um, but right now I'm trying to show you the parallel between the, the ones that I just read um, yes, so we're going to read from Revelation, I think 14. Oh, that's what I just read. <laughs> yeah, Revelation 14, verse 9, um, where the third angel says, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, um, and then, um, in verse 20 or chapter 20 of revelation verse 4 it says and i saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them then i saw the souls of those who had be who had been beheaded for their witness to jesus and for the word of god who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands so this goes into this um this dichotomy of the mark of god in the mark of the beast also in Revelation um, this is back to Revelation 9 verse 4 um, it talks about not harming those until um, not harming those who have the seal of God on their forehead so there's two seals that are talked about in the Bible and in um, prophecy one is the seal of God and one is the seal of the beast Um, something that people neglect when they talk about prophecy when they talk about the antichrist people think the antichrist is just someone who's evil and 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 outright you know horrible but the antichrist is someone who wants to come in place of god there are some great great sermons online i will link some of them um in the show notes that talk about this overarching storyline of what's happened in the bible but Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. the adversary, a.k.a. the devil, um, his entire um, MO was to be God, to be like God, and to have people worship him instead of God. So the entire concept of the Antichrist is about a false system of worship, and this false system of worship is out deceiving the world into worshiping you know, Satan worshiping man, worshiping their own God, worshiping themselves instead of worshiping God who made heaven and earth and everything in it. And so this, this mark, of course you have the mark of God and Satan is counterfeiting this and creating his own mark, his own seal. And when you go through and you read those verses that I mentioned, you will start to see how God is pointing to his commandments versus man's commandments and you start to see wording that parallels where you can see where satan is trying to um, basically you know co-opt god's law or god's commandment and he's making little changes that you know we're like oh that's not that important we don't have to do this or you know it doesn't really matter which day i worship as long as i worship i worship god every day blah 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 um and what we don't realize is we're we're taking on the mindset of the enemy. We are taking that counterfeit mark instead of the real mark of God, which um, in the verses that I mentioned, he continually talks about his Sabbath and his commandments, not just the Sabbath, but His—but it it is emphasized, um, being his mark and his seal. And if you go through the New Testament, even Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There are all these verses where he's saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. And people are like you know no I don't have to do that um, <laughs> and I don't know why and that's really what really motivated me like it wasn't just the knowledge that yeah okay the Catholic Church changed the date um, you know Sunday is not the seventh day and God said worship on the seventh day when I first I mean i would known that pretty much my whole life when I found like concrete evidence and things like that it was like oh yeah and I didn't really see the importance of it it was only when I started seeing these verses that parallel the mark of the beast and you know the seal of God and seeing how it talks about your mentality and things like that that I really started getting into oh this might actually be important this is actually something that I need to pay attention to that I need to think about and when it came down to it um, I really had to ask myself, why would I be against keeping the Sabbath? Um, and that—that's a question I want you to ask yourself if you don't keep the Sabbath, um, or if you're keeping Sunday instead of the Sabbath. Why would you keep a day other than the God—the day that God told you to? Um, and that's what really broke me and made me could you know it really convinced me or convicted me that I was doing the wrong thing because the only reason I had for saying that oh I I don't keep sabbath or I'm I'm just gonna do things on you know I'm gonna do it on Sunday was because it was convenient to me Um, it was about me it had nothing to do with God and that number one that's totally not the spirit of the law because it's about worshiping God it's about keeping God first and having um, God as the center point in your life and surrendering to him and what he has told you to do Um, but again it was about the world and that is really again paralleling this this dichotomy of the mark of the beast versus the mark of God Um, literally everything that I did as a kid was on the sabbath and even going into college um i would not be where i am today if i had not broken the sabbath and that spoke volumes to me um i was in band which we had football games on friday night and um we had competitions on saturdays Um, my freshman year in school we had saturday exams um i took the sat on saturday uh, most, as I said, I worked Saturday, I worked Sunday too, um, there have been, you know, when I was in the sorority, we did, you know, obviously we did parties and things on Saturdays. We had cookouts. Um, not that a cookout in and of itself is breaking the Sabbath, but what we were playing at that sab- at that cookout was not Sabbath appropriate. Um, and so uh, just pretty much it's inconvenient, right? Um, I grew up in South Carolina where they have blue laws, which is even more interesting because in the Bible, uh, I'll see if I can find the verse. I didn't really think that I was going to talk about this, but in the Bible, um, there is a verse where they're told to tie like this blue string or weave this blue string into the hem of their garment. And it's a reminder of the law. And so blue symbolizes the law. But in South Carolina, there's what they call blue laws, which are um, used to enforce Sunday as a day of worship, not the Sabbath, which is very ironic. But um, you know, a lot of things are closed on Sunday or they have reduced hours. So you, you're you going to do all of your shopping and things on Saturday, which is the Sabbath. And it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult to get things in. Um, I remember when I first started keeping the Sabbath, I guess this is going a little over into what I want to talk about in the next episode, but just as a, as a point of why, um, you know, realizing how hard it was to shift from keeping Sunday to keeping Saturday, it made me realize that it really is about obeying the world and conforming to the world instead of conforming to what God has said. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed um, by the renewing of your mind. And so um, as you meditate on this, and I definitely, like I said, for those who are, it's your first time hearing it, for those who are not familiar with this concept, I definitely encourage you to go to the blog and read it and look up the verses, um, check out some of the videos that I have linked that talk about these things um, and, you know, really get into um, what God is saying about the Sabbath. But as you're thinking about these things, I want you to think about why you're so opposed to keeping it. Um, That's usually my question. When I feel like the Holy Spirit is moving me to do something, why would I not want to do this? What's hard about it? I mean, God is literally asking you to take a day to just chill not do work hang out with him and enjoy life that doesn't sound like a bad idea like no one is fighting God on do not murder we're not out here like yeah I should be able to murder people if I want to Lord Um, no we're like yeah yeah that makes sense but God is telling us to rest and we're like nope Mm -mm, I don't have to do that or I'm gonna rest when I want to rest I don't have to rest when you tell me to rest I mean we sound like little kids right like when you're a little kid and your parents tell you to take a nap and you're like no I don't want to take a nap and then you're honoree all day and like don't nobody want to have nothing to do with you that's how we are as a species guys. literally like no I gave you this day to rest you should rest on this day and we're like no I don't have to (laughs) and so um you know, I just, I wanted to put that out there. And, um, next week we'll come back and talk about what that looks like and, um, how to keep the Sabbath without going into the Pharisees legalism and things like that. So thank you guys for listening in and tuning in. I hope this has been, um, edifying and I hope you got something out of it. And, you know, if, one thing i will say um, if you are a sabbath keeper be patient with those around you who are not sabbath keepers and if you are not a sabbath keeper and you're just you're thinking about it as i said study it and pray Um, i did not come to this and then the next week i was like oh yes i'm keeping the sabbath it was definitely a process i think i started reading some of this stuff in maybe like 2011 2012 and i didn't start keeping the sabbath until like 2015. so it's definitely um, a process that you have to go through and it's something that God has to lead you through. I just want to plant that seed in your heart and in your head so that you are aware of what's going on. And with everything that's going on in this world today, I think now more than ever, um, we should be waking up to truth and seeking truth. So I will see you guys next week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, Psalms underscore to underscore God, Um, and visit the blog for the show notes, www.psalmstogod.com. Bye.